0: On this episode of Comedy Rewind, is there a 90s comedy with more philosophical depth than Groundhog Day? What's the real reason Bill Murray almost never spoke to director Harold Ramis ever again? What would you do if you were stuck in the same day over and over? All of this and more on Comedy Rewind. Rewind. Rewind? Push Rewind. I thought this was a comedy show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Comedy Rewind. We are powered by Audio Technica as we rewatch the great comedies of the nineteen nineties. I'm your host, John O'Peck, and joining me in his home studio in person. Wow. It's everybody's favorite morning weather man, DJ Payne. (laughs) Do you do the weather? I don't I don't listen to
1: it. Uh, I I, well, I know you don't. It's (laughs) too early. John I'm very upset that you don't listen to my breakfast show every morning but no doing the doing breakfast on radio uh, on community radio means it's a one-man show and yes I do the weather every half hour so I definitely relate to
0: Phil and Groundhog Day Yes we are talking about Groundhog Day I thought this was a comedy show. What's going on guys welcome back to comedy rewind We are powered by audio Technica as we re-watch the great comedies of the 1990s. I'm your host John Opek, and joining me in his home studio in person—wow! It's everybody's favorite morning weather man, DJ Payne. Do you do the weather? I don't. I don't listen to it. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, yeah. We uh, I've, okay, it's yeah. too early.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I know you don't listen to the show. Um, I do the weather every half hour. On you the, You am kind of confused no, by just, the question, and <laughs> no, I no, just haven't a sense of deja vu here, buddy. Sorry, sorry, okay. continue.
0: Sure. So we're talking Groundhog Day. I thought this was a comedy show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Comedy Rewind. We are powered by Audio Technica as we rewatch the great comedies of the 1990s. I'm your host, John O'Peck, and joining me in his home studio in person. Wow. It's everybody's favorite morning weather man, DJ Payne. <laughs> do you do the weather? I don't I don't listen to it.
1: Yeah, you know I do the
0: weather. What? I, no, I don't I don't listen to it. I, it's too I know early, you man. don't. Hang on. We've done
1: this. <laughs> We've definitely done. Are you messing with me, Johnny? We've definitely done this before.
0: We did the Big Lebowski with Sam. No, no, Dean no, no. I'm talking about
1: right. I, I feel like we're repeating ourselves here. The same question over and over.
0: Right. Well, we are talking about Groundhog Day, so Groundhog it kind, Day it kind of works. But uh, what is? Like you picked this movie, DJ. Oh. So. What was it about Groundhog Day that kind of drew you to make that choice? I, I
1: am, I am feeling John I am feeling so honored and so uh, blessed in your podcast, mate. Because the two films, <laughs> when you originally came up with this concept of the podcast and you threw it out there, you sent me a text. I said, "There's two movies. There's two movies that I would love to do. Number one, The Big Lebowski. <laughs> Number two, Groundhog Day." Yeah, and and I have. Now I'm now being blessed to be able to talk about you know both of them on mm. your show. Yeah, you so, kind of
0: called dibs on like two <laughs> two of the best movies of all time, there, didn't you? <laughs> Sorry, everybody else. Hey, listen, there's,
1: there's, the episodes are com- like I just have to say, comedy rerun you're doing an awesome job. Thank you. your guests are awesome. The movies you're picking are awesome. I'm absolutely
0: loving it. Great. So, so Groundhog Day, where does it rate right for you amongst oh, the '90s? It echelon? Is, it, it
1: would be my second. Like straight up, it would after after the Big Lebowski, it's my second favorite '90s comedy. It's absolutely phenomenal. It's one of Bill Murray's best films Mm. of that, definitely of that era, and it is a real sweet spot as far as the work that he and Harold Ramis. Uh, did together, mm. if you know what I mean. Like Harold Ramis, everybody, if you don't know who Harold Ramis is, he's director and co-writer of this movie. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Egon Spengler from Ghostbusters. Uh, stripes. Very yeah, exactly. Yeah. They did Stripes, they did Caddyshack together um, and uh, and Saturday Night Live and worked on a lot right. of lot of different stuff there. So,
2: yeah. Mm.
0: And this is kind of a good midpoint for Bill as far as like we start to see some of his dramatic chops exactly. and th- things that he'd later become yeah. known yeah. for as well. But,
1: but again, and then we'll probably get into this a bit later on, but it's for me as a massive Bill Murray fan, as a massive Harold Ramis fan, um, this movie is incredibly bittersweet because this movie marked the end of their friendship.
0: Yeah. I didn't realise this kind of subplot to yeah. the movie until I was doing the research, but there's a lot that goes into how this – like the story of Groundhog Day is quite mm. – a a deep dive. Yeah.
1: It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a horribly sad tragic story, especially um it car everybody's everybody loves Bill Murray. Bill Murray is a beloved you know character in in mm. our, in our world today and he's a brilliant actor and it's well well deserved. But he's an incredibly dark soul as well and there is a definite mean streak that runs through Bill Murray. And we don't, you see that most clearly in the fact that they had a falling out during the filming of this production at the end of the production. And Bill Murray refused to talk to Harold Ramis until a couple of weeks before Harold Ramis died. Oh. And that is incredibly tragic and incredibly mean spirited because Harold Ramis was always open and friendly and would speak openly about his love to yeah. Bill Murray in any interview, would talk about how he wanted to work again with Bill Murray and when bill murray was asked the same thing bill murray would always say next question and would not even mention his name out of his mouth
2: mm. it's
0: like oh heartbreaking it, ma- it makes you think like what like i know that there was a, it was like a difficult production yes. bill murray was going through a divorce yes. he was a bit of a prima donna yep. and they had some disagreements about the tone of the movie yep. there must have been more than that that caused such a rift right well, what's I, the story
1: we uh, there's a lot of rumors out there but i i, I think in the end the, okay, the the for people who are alive and, and watching and, and fans of Bill Murray back then and fans of Saturday Night Live, Bill Murray's rise to success in the films that he was in, everybody said, you know, the real strength to Bill Murray is Harold Ramis. Mm. Like, and for someone with an ego the size of Bill Murray, it would be very disconcerting having someone pointing back to, well, the reason you're funny and this Bill Murray persona that we know mm. is really because of the writing of Harold Ramis. And so there was definitely that pressure on their friendship. Yeah. And Harold never claimed anything like that. That's what writers were saying. That's what other p- industry people were saying. So Bill was carrying around that. The divorce was – was uh, he was in the, in that process of the divorce and he was just in a manic cycle in his life. He was, he was 42, sort of beginning to qu- – midlife cycle, you know, midlife yeah. crisis type of thing, sort of questioning everything. And, Har- and their friendship just was a fallout. He was so proud he couldn't go back to admit that he was wrong about
0: it. Right. Yeah, really sad. Yes, it is a sad. <laughs> sorry to begin the podcast no. with a bummer there, man. No, It's it's all right. I wanted to talk about that because it's just such a strange, yes. s- like secondary story. Look, that's happening. And,
1: and, and it does have a happy ending. It does have a happy ending in the fact that when, when Harold Ramis uh, was dying of that really weird disease that he got, one of Harold's close, not closest friends, but someone who stayed very close to his Harold is Brian Murray, Bill Murray's oldest brother, older brother, who's in the film. Yeah. Uh, So Brian Murray and Harold stayed close all that time. Okay. And and it was finally Brian a few weeks before his death that dragged, literally dragged Bill Murray and said, you must sit down and talk. And everybody involved in that conversation and in the the subsequent conversations, and Bill was at the funeral, Mm. they all said, it was like it never happened. You know, Bill asked for forgiveness and said, I'm so, like, what was I thinking? And- it went straight back into the deeper part of their yeah, friendship. Right. So this is a happy end.
0: Yeah, it is. I'd I'd love to hear Bill Murray's side of it for him to open up and say, you know, Harold hit on my wife or something. No. Like, <laughs> like what happened? Like no. There, no. <laughs> <it But> that, <laughs> it that has that's, to be more than just the ego. Well,
1: and that then that's the problem because Harold Ramis is well, was mm. one of the and is everybody yeah. around him, anybody that's ever worked with him, they all say exactly the same thing: the nicest. Mm. Most generous, most giving, most un-Hollywood person you ever met was Harold Ramis. Mm, yeah, and so sadly, in 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 everybody's account, you know, the only person who's never talked about is Bill Murray. But yeah. everybody else's account, Bill's at fault. Bill's at fault. Yeah, right. Bill, look, Harold. The one thing that Harold did that he that he admitted that he did wrong. Was he stopped answering Bill's phone calls because Bill wasn't sleeping, yeah he was ringing Harold Ramos all throughout the night, and Harold said, "Okay, uh Danny Rubin, who is the original yep. story writer, you go live with Bill Murray, you answer you all the questions you yeah. deal with him. I'm making this movie. Yep. <laughs> that really upset Bill Murray
2: mm.
0: It's something about that eighties period that seemed to create these like really ego driven yes. Com- comedians yes. like you hear about stories about Chevy Chase mm-hmm. you know Eddie Murphy famously held a grudge against Lorne Michaels and Saturday yes. Night Live for 30 years or whatever it was it's like what was what was going around back yeah. then
1: yeah. and that, and that, and that's the thing there's there was obviously in that New York uh 80s to 90s you know although even going from 70s 80s 90s that early period of Saturday Night Live crew there was obviously some amazing talent Mm. but really unhealthy relationships and ego and everything like like that going on
0: yeah for sure this is probably a deeper dive into the backstory than we would usually do but (laughs) this is the first Bill Murray episode we've done really yeah oh wow I didn't even realize that it's like the standout Bill Murray movie for the 90s and it's like to me, it's the probably the only one that everybody has seen. Like, yeah. there's others that are quite good, but they probably didn't. They weren't a huge hit. So
1: to to tell a story around that, uh, I've got three boys, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm an old, I'm the old man of the family here. Uh, and I, my oldest is 16, and my youngest is 11, I think, somewhere something like that. 12, 11, 12, and <laughs> uh, the uh, you lose count after a while. But they had all three of them had never seen Groundhog Day. Right. And so I said to them last night, "Let's watch Groundhog Day." And I've I've already watched it once, and I've sort of watching key scenes again. And I thought, oh, this will be fun. I'll watch it with everybody. And they're like, I said, "You guys ever seen it?" And they're like, "No, no, no, we've never seen it." And I said, "What do you, What is it about?" And they go, "Well, it's a Groundhog Day. It's a guy living the same day." Di- yeah. <laughs> and the fa- and, and that and that sort of is a testament to the fact how important this film is. Mm because even for kids who've never seen the movie before they know the phrase oh it's a groundhog day mm. it's groundhog day they don't even they didn't even weren't even aware, aware that there was an event where a groundhog came out and saw the shadow yeah. they just thought it was a phrase that meant you're living the same day over and over again yeah. <laughs> so i was like this <laughs> this is the long lasting beauty yeah. of this film oh, of this art
0: it's become a ubiquitous term. Yeah. I had the same conversation with my wife. She hadn't yeah. seen it. But she's like, oh, it's about a guy that lives the same day over and over. I was like, well, <laughs> yeah, have you seen it? And she's <laughs> really bad at remembering whether she's seen something until she's like an hour into a, a movie. Yeah. <laughs> but she hadn't seen it. What What did the kids think?
1: All three of them. Uh, my oldest son yeah. laughed all the way through it. Like yeah. l- laughed out loud, was laughing at all the right moments. You know, very. he's got a sense of humour much like his dad. Uh the youngest was laughing as well. The the middle one, my middle child doesn't laugh a lot out loud in films. But at the end I said, what did you think? All three of them said, Oh, how long did you rent it for? Can we watch it again? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like,
0: perfect. So they're going to watch it again tonight. Their yeah, plan nice. is to watch it again tonight. Wow. So w- what do you remember about the first time you saw this? I
1: saw it in the cinemas and I, I loved it. Absolutely. Just blew me out of the, out of the water. Um, I, again, you know, I was, uh, it was 1993, 94 when it came out here in Australia. So I would have been around, you know, 21, 22, somewhere around about that. And I, I'm i a hopeless romantic, you know, in, in my heart. And back then I was a single guy, so it was even worse. <laughs> you know, like I'm thinking, okay... Can I bring my date to this film? What You know, what you know what can I use in this movie for relationship advice? All that type of horrible thing. <laughs> so, um, but no, I loved it. It, yeah. it, hit, it hit a massive home. Uh, as soon as it became available on VHS, I, I bought it on VHS and it was one of those films where you're getting to know someone uh, and especially at that time I was doing a lot of youth work. I was doing mm. a lot of youth work in the church. So I would meet, you know, I was working with young people, teenagers... And I would often say, oh, have you ever seen, you know, what movies have you seen? And I, that was one of the first few I would mention. And quite often young young people would say, no, I haven't. So I'd get permission from their parents to right. say, look, we're going to do a movie night, we're going to do this, we're going to watch this film. And 99% of parents are fine with it. And I use this film, it was sort of a weird sort of thing to admit, but I use this film to gauge people's personalities. It's like a personality test. Yeah. Because some people would watch it and go, oh, I I don't like him. You know, like they hated him straight away and they didn't like him at the end of the movie either. (laughs) Other people love Bill Murray straight away. You know, people either really entered into the story or they Mm. stayed back or they, you know, it was a really good way to get to know someone was this film because it's a really strong Mm. film in what it's trying to say. So unique.
0: Yeah. And there's so much you can dig into the themes. And uh, like reading about it, it was really interesting to see like, all these different religions have claimed it. Like yes. it, it represents Buddhism, or it yeah. represents Christianity, yes. or Catholicism, yeah. and yeah. it's in purgatory. And yeah. it's yeah. like there's so many. Like it, w- it would be a great thing to look at as a like a lit student or an English student in school. I wish tr- we had watched and tr- this. And
1: trust me, there's a multitude of essays mm. over the years that have been written about this film. Self help books been based on this movie. Uh, whole different ways to psychoanalyze yourself is based on the on the stages yeah. in this film. So uh, it's um yeah it's a really clever movie in so many different ways in its movie making and sometimes it's 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 the most clever in its simpleness when it, it when it goes really really simple and really really basic that's when I think it's the most powerful in this in in Groundhog day that's mm. my personal feelings
0: yeah I don't really have a memory of my my first time watching it I feel like it was one of those movies that was on TV all the time so I probably yeah watched it in drips and drabs over the years and then eventually it was just there like in yeah, my in yeah. my memory like I <laughs> and i think i
1: don't think that's the testament of Groundhog yeah. day that it is for for uh, for the world's culture right now mm. including i found out in other languages the title of this film was changed like the in one country i can't remember which one it is it's like every day is a monday is one right. of the, is one of the names of this film right yeah. you know um and that phrase every day is a monday say it's in french right mm-hmm in French, the same way that we would use the phrase Groundhog Day to describe a situation we're going through, they would say, oh, every day's a Monday, the, yeah. same, the title <laughs> of the film. So it sort of transcends cultures. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, this is the testament of really, like a really pure form of art and, mm. and, and really good art. And I don't know I'm talking about Groundhog Day comedy, you know, for the art here, but it is such a, a unique premise um, you know and it is in, in its in its raw form I, I would put it into a comedy but also into a time travel film yeah you know it's a time loop you know that is you know most basically uh-huh. there. So even standing up against other time you know time movement stories, this one is inc- so unique again you know it's it's really really good.
0: yeah it's interesting looking at the box office for this like it was a budget of about 15 million. It made $70 Mm. which I thought it would be a lot higher than that because it's such a movie that's so well regarded and Bill Murray was huge, obviously, especially in the 80s and coming into probably 93. I don't know. Maybe he wasn't as hot property at that point. But um, I don't know. Why do you think it didn't seem to to crack on to – like, for example, a year later – Jim Carrey has all his movies coming out, and they make like two or three hundred million.
1: Yeah, yeah, I th- I think it was a weird part of the early nineties, wh- weren't a lot, you know the, the 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 cinemas were going through a weird thing, but also, um, you know, the fallout of Bill Murray and Harold Ramis in in the popular culture at the time. Maybe, maybe put a bit of a sour taste on this. There wasn't a lot of promotional done on it. There's different stories. The studio considered it, a, a, a like, obviously a financial mm. success on it. But I don't think... I think the stories that I heard of, heard of is they didn't really do a lot of advertising. And I have to say, even though I think it's one of the best movies of, you know, of, of all time, it is also the worst movie poster artwork or <laughs> DVD cover artwork or anything like that is is the worst. Like... Bill Murray pulling a face, trapped in a clock, yeah. on an alarm clock. There's no alarm clock in the movie like that, like the yeah, round yeah. ones that they use. And this superimposed head of uh, of Andy McDowell, you know, it's always horribly superimposed. <laughs> it's horribly... look. It's a bad advertise. It doesn't get yeah. what the day's about, what the whole movie's about. What do you so, think
0: the art should have been? Oh,
1: they just... They, honestly, <laughs> it could have been anything to do with a groundhog and Bill Murray... You know, uh, you know, you you have to put Andy McDowell on there as well. Mm. Even just put a photo of Andy McDowell, Bill Murray and a groundhog together, that would have been hilarious. That would have been a
0: lot more interesting. It could interesting. have been like him as the weatherman looking bemused or something. Yeah. Like it still would have worked.
1: And, and, I, and I think the problem is <laughs> I, I, the other thing that I remember, and I was excited to see it because I'm a nerd, you know, people were saying, "Oh, it's this—it's this brilliant concept of a day repeating." Like that was out there straight away. Mm-hmm. It was in the—it was in the movie trailers. It was that's the concept of the film. It was in the movie trailers. It was in the posters. It was in the write-ups. It was in the r- reviews. That time loopness thing was part of the movie. Nerds are excited to go see it. Girls, on the other hand, and girls wanting a romantic comedy, are like Bill Murray. Bill Murray <laughs> in a what is it? Time travel. Pass. Yeah. So it, it missed that opportunity to have, mm. have that. M- much like one of my most favourite films in the last decade that sort of treads on the same territory in a totally different way is About Time. Love that movie. Yeah, love yeah. that movie. About Time is one of my favourite films. Again, trying to get girls to see that film... You have to leave out the fact that there's any time thing in it, because as soon as you say that, they go. You see girls' faces, and again, I'm probably being horrible sexist yeah. here. Sorry, ladies, but they <laughs> <Definitely>. usually exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm being very generalistic. Uh, Let's at just least, say the girls you know. Yes, yeah. the girls, my, my wife yeah. and and all of her friends literally look at me and go, "What? No, no." And I'm like, "You have to like beg and ch- please yeah. trust me. This is bigger than what you it's know." A beautiful love story. Yeah. Oh phenomenal and i think this in one sense is a beautiful love story but it's really much more mm. about a beautiful story about what humanity is about you know yeah. in one sense it's like
0: a self-realization self-improvement movie yeah. Yeah. more than anything yeah. i think yeah. um but yeah that's that's interesting <laughs> i think the film's success as that kind of time travel thing has been ripped off so many times as exactly. like it's like the fantasy uh comedy kind of thing yes uh, whether it is a time loop or yep. some kind of device that puts the character in a weird position you see things like liar liar yes click with adam sandler yep. like they're also Shall- shallow how shallow how yeah yep. and then even just looking at like the time kind of thing you have like 50 first dates where yes. her, her brain is going back in yes. time yeah uh and then Almost the exact same concept. Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise is a great action version of this.
1: Yeah. I think the machine that they use at the end is called Rita, which is the lady out of this. And there's another – he always comes back at 6 o'clock. So there's a couple of tips of the hats from the screenwriters there to Groundhog Day.
0: There's also Source Code. There's Happy Death Day, the horror franchise. And then on some TV shows there's been like episodes where they've done it on Buffy and X-Files. And I don't know if you've seen Russian Doll on Netflix no. that came out last year. That's a, a TV show that's essentially Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Day. Okay, yeah. okay. So, yeah, the influence as a kind of, kind of storytelling device is just crazy. Like, it's yeah. it's almost like a genre in yeah. itself. Like, oh, it's Groundhog Day meets da-da-da-da, like the same way that Die Hard became, like, yeah. The the like you know speed is die hard on a yes, bus yes exactly
1: it exactly yeah. it became a thing like that and the, and the most fascinating thing about that is that denny Rubin the guy who who wrote the spec script mm. the guy who wrote the story you know what else he's done tell me pretty much nothing <laughs> <laughs> really? like really really nothing nothing he's done some theater he's done like mm. and it's like hold on you wrote Groundhog Day what is going on here and. You know, that sort of shows you, like, in part of the production of it, there's a lot of stories around this. Danny Rubin, and he's still out there today, he's teaching classes and stuff mm. like that. And he's teaching classes, you know, today on the strength that he wrote in 1992, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. Groundhog Day. It was his one idea. It was his one big idea, and, he's, and he's made, I think he's had a couple other films made, nothing that is any, any good, nothing like this. And But I think it was the combination of Harold Ramis coming in and really adapting and changing the story because Danny Rubin's original concept was way darker and, and really weird and different. Yeah. But bringing Harold in and turning it into something what it is now, Danny Rubin's very excited by it, but he still often you know points people back to his darker... You know, darker example they started with.
0: Yeah, there was like a version where they wanted it to go for ten thousand years. That was that was the original script. All these different concepts, which yeah. I guess it was it was inspired by like Interview with a Vampire. Yeah, yeah, you read that. Yeah. 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 So
1: when he, when Danny Rubin was watching uh, Interview with a Vampire, he just started thinking, man, what would it be like to live forever? Yeah. How would that go? And then he then he came up with the idea. Okay, if you were living forever, but you were living the same day again and again. Mm what could you do with that and so the concept of the original concept of the script and the re- the reason why he ended up going with Harold Ramus is because Harold Ramus promised him that they would keep the, the 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 thrust the reason why the spec the spec script got so much attention is because the opening of the spec script was pretty much the scene of Phil in the diner saying he's a god mm-hmm. and proving that he knows what's going yeah. on that was the opening scene of the movie. Yeah. And then he gets to explain and you see in flashback a little bit of it. Right. And Harold Ramus said, yeah, yeah, I love that concept. We're never going to change that. We're not going to change that at all. And then in the production of the movie, they're like, no, we're going to change that yeah. entirely and tell you what happens beforehand.
0: Yeah, it so, sounds like there was a conflict between Bill Murray wanting it to be that deeper kind of more artistic yes. thing and, and Harold Ramis wanting a rom-com. Yeah. And that kind of was the source of some of that tension. And I think that kind of goes back to what you're saying about how are they going to market it. Yes. Um, and, yeah, that, that, that can be an issue. Yeah. And it reminds me of Office Space. Like, that's mm. another one of the yes. worst covers of a, of a movie. Yeah, And uh, something where you watch the trailer, and we talked about this when I did an episode with my friend Dagan, but really easy to market that as, like, a rom-com with Jennifer yeah. Aniston yeah, and whatever, yeah. and then there's this heist movie behind mm. it. And it's, yes. like... How do you market? Yeah, yes. it's it's hard to get across, but yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll we we could talk about that all day. So we'll, we'll get into <laughs> some of the the stuff we've got here prepared. So Rotten okay. Tomatoes, do you have any inkling of how well this is sitting on there?
1: I would say generally people would give it about an eighty.
0: Yeah. So I didn't look. I did purposely
1: be, didn't look at all this stuff.
0: It's a it's ninety six percent over wow. there, which okay. means only four percent of critics did not like it.
1: That's that, I think that's one of the problems with Rotten Tomatoes is it it's it sort of you can update your reviews professionals can update and and yes. and you can you know sort of uh the consensus as the shi- as a tide shifts of a consensus of the film Rotten Tomatoes sort of gives you an updated consensus of that film
0: Yeah I like to think that it's mostly of the like reviews of the time but it's yeah. not There's nah. people reviewing it years later and yeah. even like Roger Ebert famously like updated his yeah, uh, analysis of this to put it in his top. Yeah, television. he
1: he originally the one thing I do know about this one, the one thing I did see on this one, he gave it three out of five stars when it came out.
0: Yeah, which I, th- I think he does out of four. So he gave three out of four. Oh, then, it was okay, and then he updated it to four out of four, yeah. and said that it was one of his favorite movies.
1: So but that's the thing, <laughs> you know. That's the thing with movie reviews. It sometimes it takes time for a movie to yeah. sit with you and to rewatch it and to get it again. Well, this
0: is definitely. A movie that, when you rewatch, you'll notice so many small oh, little things. It
1: is, it is one of my favorite films for rewatching, because you do generally get, even in the background cast, with different people, you're like, mm. oh, that's the piano teacher talking to him, yeah. doing that. Oh, okay. Oh, there they are over there. There's a couple over there that they're, you know, seen. You know, so there's all these little, mm. little Easter eggs like that.
0: Especially because it's in a. Small town, exactly. Like the kid that he catches falling out of the tree is apparently in the ED yes! when he's with the old guy, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, homeless guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't spot that. That's <laughs> the kind of thing. If I watched it again now, I'd be looking for it. Yeah. So the number one song when Groundhog Day released oh, in '93.
1: Goodness gracious! I have a no, '93. Uh, okay, I'm gonna say smells like Teen Spirit.
0: Whitney Houston's "I Will Always Love You." <laughs> Close, close-ish. This one's a bit closer in the in the Australian charts. The yes. Arias uh, released in April, a few months later, and it yep. was "Are You Gonna Go My Way," Lenny Kravitz.
1: Oh, great song!
0: Yeah, yeah, yep. So we'll fly through some of these. Like, what have you done for me lately? Bill Murray was last seen in Zombie Land, Double Tap. Yeah, he slowed down a little. He I, he really picks and chooses his roles. Well,
1: like, well, the last thing he's done this year, the Super Bowl commercial. Oh yeah which he has said this is the only commercial I will ever do in my life and it's Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Day. And it's <laughs> Groundhog Day. So bringing back um, Steve Tobolowsky, uh, Bill and Brian Murray to do a Groundhog Day today, an ad for the Jeep, mm. that was in February of this year before you know the whole lockdown and everything else yeah. like that, advertising going out there. It's hilarious. It really is in the spirit of, of, of Groundhog Day. Uh, it really shows that Bill Murray... You know, he's embracing that, but he's gone on record. I mean, and apparently they paid them paid him yeah. a, a lot of money to do it. Um, and it's funny, has actually has gone out there and re-edited the ad and released different versions as Lockdown is going on.
0: Oh, I haven't seen any of them. I'll have yeah. to check
1: it out. Oh, so yeah, well worth it. It's a lot of fun, yeah. a lot of fun.
0: I've heard stories, like there's so many great stories about Bill Murray, but one of them is that he has an answering machine yeah. and if you want to pitch like a movie to have him st- like read a script you have to leave a message on the machine yeah. and he'll either get back to you or he won't <laughs> like he, he really doesn't have an agent yeah yeah he, he just that's does how it himself. he that's how he does it yeah so i've heard the same thing that's th- awesome. he doesn't care <laughs> um steven tobolowski sorry tobolowski as you just mentioned mm. he's never slowed down oh. and this is probably i'm assuming without knowing all of the work he's done probably the movie that put him on a lot of people's maps
1: yeah he he well he was he's known as one of the great character actors and even back then he was known as one of the great character actors uh and he they were sort of the the story is the reason that they picked him because he he was at the time he was playing a lot of bad guys right and the concept of Ned needlenose Ned Ned the head yep. was that he's a bad guy in the film he's supposed to be you know especially in the original in that original spec script, he never really got to say his spiel until the end of the film. Every time he would approach Phil, because we're catching up with Phil halfway through, mm. Phil would just punch him. Every time he was supposed to be this, you realize straight away, I don't like this guy, and Phil punching him every scene that he came into <laughs> was funny, um and and you felt like he was a darker character, but. In the way that the script evolved. And then when it's, it's the whole character of the way it was it, it's done, it's all Stephen Tobolaski. Mm. Like they were expecting something a little bit more, you know, insurance salesman ish. And he went totally big and broad and totally works. It's yeah. fantastic.
0: Yeah, great. So he was in Silicon Valley for a season. Yes. He just did a Sam Worthington movie called Fractured, which I haven't seen. And he's been doing some voice acting lately. So as I said, never really slowed down. Had no. quite a. Quite a long career and yep. been involved in some really good projects. Yeah, Heroes. Remember Heroes? Yeah, uh, the comic he was good on Heroes. He was good on Heroes. Yeah, I love Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Andy McDowell, She's yes. kind of slowed down a lot yes. after, I guess, she had a peak with like four weddings and a funeral maybe. Yeah, yep. uh, had. Was she on the TV show Providence? Do you remember? Was she, she, was yeah, her? she's done yeah. some
1: TV work. She's done some bits and pieces when she wants to, but she's obviously one of those people who's like, I don't really, it's not a driving yeah, thing for right.
0: her. Her daughter was in the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But she's on a a TV show on BBC called Cuckoo. I don't know if you've seen that. It's got Andy Samberg. uh, Greg Davies is like the main comic. Like he's the the dad of this daughter who hooks up with this free spirit and it's kind of driving him nuts because they're living in his house. Okay. I've got to check that out. Definitely. I think it's on Netflix or it was on Netflix. Okay. Michael Shannon is in this movie. Uh, right. Well spotted. Like, <laughs> Very I, well done. I actually read this before watching it and I didn't recognize him. Really? <laughs> I was I got to the end of the movie. I was like, oh, that was him. Yeah. He's the guy that we're going to WrestleMania. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well that he's he's the couple that he mm. they that Phil gets to ma- marry, yep. and he they give he gives them the WrestleMania tickets at the end. <laughs> uh his first movie ever, his his first ever enter into entertainment was Grand Day. Yeah. What an amazing introduction. The girl that is sitting opposite him, so Debbie, so it's it's uh, Fred and Debbie is the couple. kaisler kaisler or something is their last name, um, which is a mistake in the movie because when he's when Bill Murray is either that or I mean we say it's a mistake in the movie for people who've watched it too many times. When Bill Murray is playing the I'm a God scene, yeah, he introduces Debbie Kesler. This is Debbie Kessler, whatever I can't remember if that's her proper name, kaisler or something. This is Debbie Keisler. She's going to marry Fred. They're supposed to be getting married today, but she's got second thoughts, right? Yeah. At the end of the movie, when, she, when they come up and want to hug him with, with Rita there, Bill says, Oh, let me introduce Debbie and Fred Keisler. Yeah. He uses her last. Now, unless they were some modern yeah, really, forward- really <laughs> forward-thinking, you know, hipsters <laughs> who wanted to just take her made a name, or. They both had the same last name is a possibility as well. <laughs> we'll just call that a mistake, yeah, or an oversight, yeah. But <laughs> anyway, sorry. So I was going to say, is that girl that was her first interta- her first movie ever, yeah. the actress Hyndon uh, uh, Welsh? She is the she became a voice actress. Mm. She is in every cartoon series that is yeah. awesome, and her my most favorite role that she's ever done. She's the voice of Princess Bubblegum in Adventure Time.
0: Okay. <laughs> That is um, quite a career from Groundhog Day. Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> she's been in, it, like, honestly, all the cartoons. Yeah. Like Tight, the Go Tight. everything. Yeah, every, right. She's been in
0: everything. So Michael Shannon, most recently in Knives Out, which came out last yes. year. And awesome. People probably know him as General Zod in the yeah. DC <laughs> Superman movies. Not one of not one of the <laughs> best ones to go by. No, no, but well, t- what, he
1: was in that television series for ages. Boardwalk yeah. Empire? Bang, yep. bang. He's in that yep. one. He's great in that.
0: Most nineties moment, we're gonna get into these, DJ. What did yes. you have for that one?
1: Most nineties moment would have to be for me the opening um the opening scene that sets him up as a weatherman. You know what I mean? Like he's standing in front of yeah, those little monitors, screen. the blue screen, all of that type of stuff. Even the set of the television and the way that the television news feels mm. is incredibly nineties in its in its, you know, in the era of what yeah, it was.
0: Definitely. All right, that's a good one. The one that I had was a bit later in the in the start of the movie when they first come across the blizzard yes. and he's using the payphone to call yeah. and there's no long-distance yeah. calls available. Yeah. They're All, all the it, lines are down.
1: The satellite's down Is it's snowing in space. Yeah. <laughs> Great line. You know, it is. Yeah.
0: And uh, it just made me think, like, obviously people would have no idea. Like, I don't know how your kids take that. They just go, oh, it's. they just probably write it off as old yeah. technology. Yeah, yeah, that's old technology. But I don't even understand how that works. Yeah. <laughs> and I was alive back then. I, and again,
1: it, the, the other part of me re-watching that, okay, okay, so they've set up somehow, that's a loosey-goosey way. And this is the – one of the best things about the movie is how loosey-goosey the rules are. Mm. Um, It's also one of the worst things about the movie. But, you know, but the – like, it's a, it's a nod of the hat to say, okay, he can't ring out. Mm. He can't, like, what what would he do if he ring out? Would that actually change anything? But I think people watching him for the first time is, oh, why doesn't he call someone? Well, he can't. All the yeah. lines are down. It okay. makes him more isolated. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Yeah, so that that was my favourite one. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: the other note about that, the other interesting thing for me is that that opening scene that we have, that, that first, um, you know, four minutes of, you know, not even three or four minutes of them being in the television studio and setting him up as a weatherman and mm. that he doesn't really want to go there and everyone doesn't really like him. Uh, that was filmed while they were editing it. Okay. Harold Ramis was editing it and said, this isn't working. I need something that introduces them. Sets the scene. Sets yeah. the scene. And I need something a little bit more to show that he doesn't want to go, that he's not... And I'm, I'm fascinated that that wasn't in the scripts. Mm. So the script started as they got to uh, got to town. So they filmed all of that well months after they finished main main production. There.
0: Does that mean the whole sequence when they're driving with the like yeah. helicopter shots or whatever, yeah. and it's playing that weird '90s song like <laughs> "I'm a Weather Man" or a whatever, weatherman, which was in the credits. You see that was like co-written by Harold Ramis. <laughs> That was super nineties too. That, that is, had, yeah, right. That, that is a was, really nineties moment. Yeah. Uh, really nineties we'll, moment. I
1: don't. I see. I don't know. I know they filmed that opening thing. Maybe they had to film all that again. Yeah. The whole driveway thing.
0: The other thing that my wife Hannah noticed was there's a lot of like kisses on the mouth happening in this movie. Yes, between platonic people yeah. or people that Bill Murray has just met. Yeah, or whatever. And especially in that that party scene, he's like, you know, <laughs> the people he he saves the. Uh, Buddy is a Buddy, the guy that's yeah. choking, he yeah. saves him, and then his buddy's wife comes up to him and kisses him on the mouth. Yeah, and we're like, that is like to, to my generation, the kiss on the mouth, or even the kiss hello is yeah. no like. Yeah, but you're millennials. Yeah, you're millennials <laughs> living through COVID, yeah. so you're you're ruined for this. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> most iconic scene. Oh man, where it's you, hard. It's a hard one. Isn't where, it? where do
1: you, where do you begin? Look, the most iconic scene has to be. Has to be like the one thing. Like if you played two seconds of this to anybody, they would the go clock. Groundhog Day. The alarm clock. It's the alarm clock. Yeah. It's the six o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> Put your little hands in there. As soon as that go, that is the most iconic scene. Yeah. You know, you start that, you know exactly where you are. That that clock on the on the on the, uh, you know, on the bedside table there. Um. But for me. My fa- my all-time, I have, this shows you my dark sense of humour and my dark heart mm. is all the suicide scenes. <laughs> all the, that suicide scene. that too. Yeah. When Bill Murray, <laughs> I, I, the, the one scene that I could not stop laughing at and thinking about when I first saw it in the cinema and then I got to see it again on VHS and we, I just, we could not stop laughing, is when he steps out in front of the truck, the truck that is not even moving that fast mm. in the suicide scene. And he just stands there and he flashes his hands as he's standing in front of the truck. There's something about Bill Murray with a plain face about <laughs> to get hit by a truck, moving his hands up and like doing flash signs with his hands. Uh, that, to me, is etched into my mind for some reason.
0: Mm. How many times do you think he killed himself in this? Well, park?
1: we don't know. We yeah. don't know. I mean, uh, it gets that gets to the question and, of... And
0: why? Why well, do you think he was killing himself? Okay, so... the end of the day? Because he just goes back to the start. like
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he obviously was thinking um that depending on the way he killed himself, he probably just didn't kill himself in the right way. Mm. If I burn myself and I'm yeah. all burnt up, I probably won't come back. Right. If I, okay. you know, am stabbed and I bleed out, I probably won't. You know, are these different things that are going to stop me from coming up? Um And... You know, the, again, that's the beauty of the rules in this whole thing is that we're, they're hinted at, but they're never defined really clearly. Yeah. Which is great.
0: Yeah, I've got that in one of the future categories. So we'll d- deep okay. dive into some of the kind of concept and the rules of, yeah. of this movie. But what's,
1: what's your most iconic scene?
0: I had the diner when he does that whole I'm, I'm, I'm a I'm God, God thing God. Yeah, yeah. and the... This guy's from, you know, he's he's going to college. This guy's gay. This guy's about to get married. uh, There's a waitress about to drop a plate or whatever. Like that whole sequence is... uh, I love when time travel things do that. It's it's a a trope by this point. Yeah, it's so satisfying.
1: Yeah. The, The other scene, if I go the other end of the spectrum, the scenes that really warm my heart is when he... He gets in touch. There's a sequence where he gets in, gets in touch with his humanity when he sees the old man dying, mm. and that is just oh. And you see him feeding him,
0: and you're like oh. I mean, he's doing CPR. Yeah, all
1: that, and and the and the, and the breath is up. But the scene after that, I love that setup. That is awesome. It really makes you go, oh my goodness, this is. There's weight in this movie that's really hitting mm. me here. And then it goes into one of the funniest scenes. One of my funniest scenes is straight after he he realizes that he cannot save this homeless guy. The next Groundhog Day is he's standing giving a speech <laughs> with everybody, <Yeah>. everybody <laughs> looking at him. And the best bit I only realized about watching it again, and I've seen the movie so many times, is he's giving the speech, and you know, like you know, and and you know, as the writers say, you know, and I want the winter and talking all about that is. All the other news crews are filming him. <laughs> all, the other, all the other microphones, all the other film crews in front of yeah. Phil. Hilarious, <laughs> hilarious. That is one of Bill Murray. And again, it's, it's both, this is the beauty of this film mm. and the beauty of, of Bill Murray is that it is both heartwarming and you get the emotional impact, but it's hilarious at the same time.
0: It's really, really good. Yeah, it does a really good job of that balance. And that
1: begins the final day.
0: Yes, that that it's is his the like, fa- it's his perfect run. Yeah, basically
1: that that morning is the final yeah. is is the final day. It's a
0: bit far fetched that, like the, in that day, that he could have this connection with that many people. It's almost <laughs> hey, like they remember. Sh- <laughs> hey, it's a movie. It's a movie. It's a movie. And I also love when when he's. Uh, playing piano, and the woman's like, "That's my student. Yeah. Like, why did he go to that woman's house that day for one more yeah. piano lesson yeah. before his gig? Like, <laughs> just a, just a touch <laughs> up, Hey,
1: Don't don't you know you don't spoil it. Are you.
0: Yeah. Uh, the other ones I had were the police chase. Uh, yeah, great. Right. There was a couple of them. Like, there's the police chase with the two drunk guys. Yeah, and, th- and those fantastic. two dr- and those
1: two drunk guys, uh, you know, um, Gus and the other guy, whoever it is. Uh, those two actors are phenomenal. The 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 big fat blonde guy, mm. uh Gus, uh, sadly passed away years ago. Uh the other the other guy, he's in every television series. He's one of those yeah. every guys. You've seen him in one million television shows. He's a hard working actor in everything. And this is where they started fairly early there as That's well. That's cool.
0: There's also the police chase where he has the groundhog yeah. with him.
2: Which right. is
0: pretty iconic, and then like driving into the, the, yeah. the quarry. The other thing I wanted to say, similar to the alarm clock, is just if you like, because the same scene happens over and over. Yeah. The um, the Ned Ryerson, yes. whole, that whole sequence oh. as a scene is pretty iconic. Yes. And if you just yell out "Phil, Phil," like yeah. that, that whole thing stepping yeah. in the, you know, the puddle yeah. and like just the whole thing, like that's so the, almost the lasting imagery of the movie. Yeah.
1: So much so that in uh, the town of Woodstock. Where, Illinois, yeah, wherever yeah, Illinois, wherever it's filmed, Illinois, yeah. yeah, where they filmed it, there's a plaque on the wall
0: that says Ned's Corner.
1: There's Ned's yeah. Corner where where uh, he steps. In, no, no, where, where Ned sees him. Where Ned yeah. sees Phil, right? That's on one end of the street. On that other end is Phil's step, where he steps into the water. Yeah. So they're on. They're, that's a tourist yeah, attraction. Yeah. Bill
0: Murray stepped here. Yeah. Or yeah, something. yeah. 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which is great because yeah. uh, those two things are so iconic in, in the scene. In no, you've in the
0: to generate scene. that local tourism. You
1: love it. I love
0: it. Great. And almost by the same stretch, the diner, like there's so many great scenes in yes. the diner yeah. where he's stuffing his face full yeah. of food yeah. and yeah. a whole piece of cake in his mouth. Love it. Okay, so what holds up the best? For me, I had the concept of the movie and yes. I talked about it earlier, how it's been ripped off so many times. But also the fact that they don't explain how it works. That was a huge... I've got the same thing. That was a, I know it was a huge thing with the studios that they needed it to be explained. There was these yeah. ideas of like a curse was put on him. Yes. But it works so much better oh. without any explanation. Fantastic. As, as frustrating as it is sometimes. Yeah. And like, it's easy to go, well, why? Like, yeah. why it, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, and why does it end? Like, is it? Is it a religious thing? Yeah. But yeah, that adds an extra layer of projection that that each person can put into it.
1: You got it. You got it in one. This is, it is the two edged sword of Groundhog Day. One edge is the best thing. It's the same thing. And it's the, the, the sword is the loosey goosiness of the concept, the rules, Mm. how it all works is the best thing about it. And the other side of the thing, it's the worst thing about it because you can't help, like my boys watching, and and again, this might be a real boy thing to do, might be a nerd male thing, might be the generation younger people watching a film, is they're like, well, hang on, straight away, they're trying to solve the riddle. Yeah, Like it's something (laughs) to be worked out. Well, well, hang on, if he stays up to, if he does, why doesn't he just pull up the, like like literally they were, I had to say to them after they were doing it for like, you know, fifteen minutes. They're like, "Well, if he just if he does what is it? He is it? Are you you just kill yourself. You just kill yourself and see what happens. And then the kill yeah. yourself scenes come, <laughs> right? And they're like going all this. They're trying to figure it out. And I had to say, stop. Just enjoy the film. <laughs> it's not a puzzle to be solved. Yeah. It's just. But there is something. You know, we'll get it. We'll get into that. But what, what you're right. What holds up best is the looseness around the concept and the concept itself. Um. You know, and also, of course, you know, the stellar performance from Bill Murray is, you know, and and, and everybody, I mean, it's a really small cast, really. I mean, mm. I know there's all these extras and other, you know, little performances, but really it's a, a small cast and everybody in that small cast is fantastic, I think. Um, very 90s-era vibe of what they were going, going to, especially... The, the writing for reader, and we'll probably get into that in a, in, a, in a little bit, but um, it's, it's fantastic. Mm. It's, it's I, I, what holds up. It's, it's still brilliant, you know? So I love it.
0: Yeah. I don't know if we'll talk about it at any other point, but how many years do you think it's, it is? Cause there's so much. There's so many conjecture. theories out there. Look
1: in the end, before he died, Harold Ramis said that he always thought it was about 30 to 40 years. Yeah. Um, Danny Rubin, the other writer, said the original concept was ten thousand, right? <laughs> then, as as they were writing it again, he thought mm, a thousand. But even him these days has has gone. Originally, Harold Ramis, when they were making it, thought apparently he said about twelve, 10, yeah. yeah, ten to twelve years. But then, as he as he lived with the film a bit more, he went, no, it's probably longer, probably about forty mm. years. Someone else – nerds have gone out there and worked out if you had to do all of the things that he does, it would be exactly 36 years yeah. and seven months, blah, 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 blah. So <laughs> I think around about that 40-year period is a – is a and, and also the character of – I mean, Bill Murray was 42 when he filmed it. So that character is probably supposed to be around 40. Um, even though with Bill Murray you never know if he's old or young. Yeah. He's got that same look of everything. <laughs> but he – I think him living his lifespan again in that in that Groundhog day mm. sort of makes sense like if it's another if he's supposed to be around about 40 years and he lives another 40 years in that times in that weird stop yeah I, I like that I like that
2: mm.
0: the, the giveaways I guess are the fact that he's learnt piano which yes. he doesn't start doing until almost yes. the last 20 minutes of the movie yeah he the the chainsaw, ice sculpting, yep. I can't imagine that's an easy skill to <laughs> develop. <laughs> and he does the French poem, and yes. I, I, I mentioned that to Hannah, and she said "Oh, he probably just learnt that phrase or something, and I guess uh, that's possible. Did we see him talking who in French? Do, who knows? But, yeah, each of those things in themselves would be like a, at least five to ten years to yep. master if you were doing it every day, maybe. Yep. It might be different, but... And then there's all these ideas like, well... How many things did we not see oh, anything to do with? Infinite. infinite like you know, like yeah. memorising everybody in the cafe. Yes. Like all the Jeopardy stuff. Yes. Like, yeah, it, it's it's a fun thing to kind of speculate about. Yeah. So we'll move on to what holds up the worst. What do you have?
1: I, I've got – it's a very – probably a very modern – it's either a very modern take. John, John, I'll let you tell me what you think. It's either a very modern take or it's a very much a sign of my black heart. Right, I'll let you decide which one it is. Could be both. <laughs> okay. Could be both. He's not Phil, Bill Murray, yeah. is not evil enough at the beginning. Mm. The, he's snarky. Yeah. Right. Now in nineteen ninety three, his sarcasm and his smirk and his, you know, hey pork shop, what are you doing? Like all the all the meanness that he has was shocking. Everyone was like, Woof. He's a nasty character, isn't he? <laughs> No, not anymore. In two th- in in twenty twenty, we look at him and go, he's funny, yeah. right? So that that I, I, if I if I you know that sort of doesn't hold up a little bit. We, do, we we I I think we're supposed to not like him more at the beginning, you know. Mm. I think we're supposed to think, geez, a conceited jackass who really just thinks of himself, and we get a little bit of that. We get that, you know. Everybody else tells us yeah. he's a prima donna. He's, you know, he calls himself the talent. What a, what a loser! He won't stay in the hotel. He won't stay in the hotel with them. We get a bit. So it's in there, Mm. and we get it because everybody. But I think Bill Murray, and this is a funny thing because you know we can talk about the casting of the film because Bill Murray wasn't the first choice Mm. by a long shot. Tom Hanks, right? Tom Hanks was Tom Hanks was in there. Uh, The other people
0: the other
2: one
1: yes michael keaton yeah. michael keaton would have I, I personally think i would love to see this film with michael
0: keaton i would love to see it with tom hanks too like
1: tom hanks is too nice he is
0: but then having him then it might stand out more that he's being mean you might go Well, oh, this is a mean tom hanks yeah
1: like, well the other the other people who were asked before again get remember yeah. bill murray was after all these people chevy chase mm-hmm was asked before that. Now that would be interesting. Yeah. You know, he was at the height of his powers. He is and mean, he, he, and he is naturally a mean, a, mean, a mean person. Steve Martin. Oh yeah. Now Steve Martin would have been interesting back then as well, because he he can play
0: arrogant really really well. I thought you were gonna say he can play the ukulele. <laughs> That <laughs> no, banjo. It's yeah, the banjo. No, yeah Sorry, the banjo. Because then we would have had that, that scene at the end yes! instead of the Yes, oh, piano. it would have
1: been different. <laughs> he would have been Great the point. Banjo. He wouldn't have gone to the t- He wouldn't have gone to the piano teacher, he yeah. would have gone to the banjo teacher. Yeah. Um John Travolta was asked. <laughs> oh wow. Harold Ramis asked John Travolta to be in this before Bill Murray. I, I think, think
0: th- all those would have worked except for Travolta. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: John Travolta, no way. But Michael Keaton couldn't get his head around the concept, mm. and like, he's like, "I'm just confused." Which boys. is weird because it's not that high concept. Well, he went on to do multi- multiplicity with yeah. with Harold afterwards, which is pretty high concept as well. But um, look, it, it's it, we only know it because it's Bill Murray, and it's perfect because it's mm. Bill Murray. But my, the, the, again, it's a weird complaint, I know, but I think that I think we need him more nasty at the beginning.
0: Yeah. It might be that we know Bill Murray so well and that you like you give him all this rope to be yeah. kind of curmudgeonly, and I think that you just go, ah, oh, classic Bill. Exactly. <laughs> and that and that's a little a
1: little a little part of the problem. Yeah. The that, that opening scene. I mean the, the the great thing about this movie, and it's a great lesson in filmmaking, is literally I think at seven and a half minutes into the movie, we get the first um Groundhog Day, the alarm going off, Mm -hmm. right? What great economy. We're just moving into that so quickly. And we realize, you know, you know, we're moving into that concept. Now, the problem is that seven minute setup in the film, and like the first you mean the credits go for like the first minute of the clouds and everything else, is um it's not that great. I know it's an add-on at the end, the whole beginning bit is an add-on. I would have loved to see more setup, and I think it could solve another problem that I have with the film. Is Rita and and um yeah. Phil's connection, especially in the final, you know, the final solution of everything of this. That's another problem. We don't actually know what he did to get out of Groundhog Day, other than and there's a few different suggestions. One is he finally bought insurance. <laughs> <laughs> I love that suggestion. Uh, he finally put all the insurance of yeah. of Ned. I love that suggestion. He he finally lived the perfect day. He was lovely to every he did the right thing by everybody every other body in town. But it was Rita who fell in love with him. He didn't force her. He yeah. didn't do anything. She chose him, she paid for him, she wanted him. She cho- she she fell in love with him. That broke groundhog day.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> and, and again, this is, the, the like I said, the two-edged sword. The loosey-goosiness of the setup is is great because you can go anywhere. But the other side of it is it, it's not as satisfying because we don't know mm. how we, how he solved it, right? And, and, and in the filming of it, I'd love to see all these outtakes, they filmed, apparently they filmed like 20 different endings of the scene of Rita and Phil in bed, on February the 3rd, the day after Groundhog Day. One scene they were naked. The next scene they were having, like all different type of vibe of how, like pretty much the same writing, Mm. but they tried different, you know, messages of what they were saying. Are they going to last as a couple? Maybe they were, like all these different things. And in the end, Harold Ramis said to all the crew and all the cast and everybody said,
0: let's do a vote.
1: Do a vote. Which one do you like best? And everyone said, He was surprised because everyone said the most chaste scene, which is they're both fully clothed, they Mm -hmm. didn't sleep together, there's this innocence and purity of love and they fell asleep and la-di-da-di-da and she still wants him because they're like, that's the one, that's the one. And it's like, man, that's really charming. We really want the best, mm. you know. We want, we don't want, you know. So that, but the other problem, the other problem I have with all of that is, if we refilmed the beginning and gave Rita more of a reason to fall in love with him, yeah. like the, the the setup is, it's Rita's first day. That's the setup at the beginning of the movie. Mm. So we're expected to believe on the perfect day, Rita can go from meeting the guy. To the next day, like so that's the February first as a yeah. setup. The next day, February the second is this perfect day, which he doesn't spend with Rita. He does all these good yeah. deeds around town. And at the end <laughs> she's just so wowed by everybody in love with him that she falls in love with him. I'm saying that in that in that opening opening, if I had to do it again, mm. I would give Rita more of a crush on him. Or yes. more that she wanted to be with him, that it made sense that she was
0: Or some kind of tension, like yes, tension. they like. had
1: gone out before, or there was yeah. some sort of connection. The fact that she this is the problem with that this this the fantasy element of this movie, and this is the probably the believe it or not, the inner feminist of DJ Payne coming out <laughs> here. There is such a thing. Um, I'm like you don't just meet someone and fall in love with them the mm. next day.
0: You know, that's well, in Hollywood, you do. Yeah, exactly. And it happens in like every movie. Oh, and no, I, hate I know. I I'm always like, why can't they just, why can't they just hint at a future relationship? You don't yeah. have to kiss at the end of every movie, yes. you know. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. All you romantic leads out there. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And even and even the one and even in the middle. And the other b- amazing thing about this film, literally, if you if you fast forward this movie to exactly halfway through the movie, mm-hmm. halfway through the movie is his perfect day with Rita. As in, when he gets her, he spends f- the whole day with her and they get the fudge and they make the everything and like all this beautiful stuff. And she falls in love with him and he takes her back to the, his room and it all goes haywire from there. And he gets slap, 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 slap.
2: Yeah.
0: That's the halfway point. Oh, the one where he's pretending to be someone else. Yes. Yep. Yeah. 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 Versus yep. there's like the one where he tells her he's a god and they have no, this. Yeah. Before, yep. before
1: that. Before that. He just. He goes through repeatedly, mm. repeatedly learning all the things, learning all the things, learning all the things mm-hmm. about her, makes it all up, has the fake pretend day, gets her back to the room and she... That's the halfway point where he's sort of... You're thinking, oh my goodness, he's got the girl. Like they're doing a dance together and it's like they're having fun. She's in love with him. It's a... You know, um, the, the snowball fight is so cute mm. and everything is like perfect. Where are we going? Like... I remember when I was watching it the first time, I was like, this is, I wasn't expecting it. And then when she's like realised, hang on, you don't have, she has that weird turn. Um, You don't actually love me. You don't even know me. Yeah. Well, lady, you were just, you know, kissing him a second ago and going back to his room and you know him for two days. That's, all of that could have been fleshed out a little bit more with fleshing out Rita's character and their relationship.
0: Yeah, there isn't much depth to her. Yeah. It's like I always drink to world peace. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, and you're the, that uh, you're that guy. Yeah. Uh, well, and the and the other thing
1: apparently in the scripts uh in the original script and in Harold Har- 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 Ramis's, you know, the, the version that we're watching, it's very implied and I don't think we see this enough that it is in the repetition of days that he falls in love with her. Mm. he's not in love with her at the beginning. It's not like he sees her and goes, Hey, yeah. I'm in love with you. He just goes, "Oh." Right. but it's as he get as he's spending all this time with her, he slowly falls in love with her over the, however many days. We sort of don't get that either. Yeah. It's sort of implied, <laughs> but
0: not really. It's like, there's also this thing of like, okay, so first he hooks up with the girl in the diner. Nancy. Nancy. <laughs> then I think he, when he dresses up in, as a, as a, he has a, pro- he's a prostitute a with hooker, him, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I didn't get that. I didn't follow uh, that. But anyway, I get it now. Yeah, uh, and I think a, it, it's implied. I yeah, think it's right. Implied. Okay. And then it, it's a small town to yeah. have that service. He's- but I guess anyway, world's oldest profession. Um, and then it's <laughs> almost like like Tom Hanks with Wilson on the on the island it's like well what have i got what are my options yeah this is yeah. the best thing i have and, and
1: and if he and we get it in the god scene where he realized he's watched her so long that he's fallen in love with her that's right. in, that's very much implied and it's a beautiful scene but in the in, in the in the making of the movie you're just going you're swept up along again it's in multiple watchings of it you go hang on you realize you these things nits, yeah, yeah. It's, it's in that so one,
0: one of the things that i like it's well whilst we're on the topic one of the things that i felt like wouldn't happen is at the end when he finally gets out of the loop, I feel like he would be like, just burst into tears crying. Yes. Because if it's been 34 years, his reaction is like, it's been a week or a month. Yeah. Not like, am I dreaming? Am I dead? Yes. Uh, yeah. Like, what is going on here? Yeah, and, and and
1: the classic thing. And then the discussion. So that got happening. As they're walking down the pathway and out the gate, my boys t- go back into boy yeah. movie mode and they go, well, he's never going to be able to tell her. If yeah. he tells her that he went, he lived through all that time, she's going to realise. And, and they're trying to figure it out again. They're trying to work out the yeah. puzzle. And I was like, you guys, you're hilarious. You know, they're really movie- <laughs> they're movie conversant you know what i mean they, they, they know how to speak in language and store in movies and and storytelling and they're trying to figure out would he ever tell her if he told her what would she do how would she ever believe him why would you know all these different things yeah. and would that ruin the relationship and i and then i turned to them and said well you're going to be able to watch that tomorrow night on groundhog 2 groundhog day 2 <laughs> and they were like what i was like joking it's never. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it does. Well, there was, like...
0: there was apparently a rejected idea that she would then go into a loop. Yes. after. Yes, which I'm glad they didn't do that. No, <laughs> awful, be so bad. awful. But I think there's no way that relationship lasts. Oh come on, <laughs> you! I think eventually he would be like, "Yeah, I've lived the same day for for 30 years," and then she'd be like, "You're crazy." <laughs> and I yeah. think he would have actually gone more crazy than he did. Like mental yes. health wasn't yes. really a theme in this movie. Yeah, he would be like a vietnam vet or something by the time he
1: well the 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 funniest thing for me in that in that era of when they kiss and like he goes i i you know let's live here or let's move here or whatever and you're like let's live here what
0: yeah hannah said like he's only known her for one day yeah 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 yeah
1: (laughs) well she's only known him for two days yes he's known her for yeah 30 something years you know 40 years
0: yeah so i can see that relationship her, her being like you're a bit too attached yeah, to me. I've only yeah. known you for this long. And he's yeah. like, it's look. Anyway. We're not supposed <laughs> to be
1: asking these questions, man. What, what's going on? That's a sign of a good movie that you would but even th- think th- to ask. But did you find that was the thing that held up the worst for you? What held up the
0: worst for you? The soundtrack.
1: Oh. No, come <laughs> down. this is, is what I
0: had because it's this. It's, it is bad. It's a old. It's an orchestral instrumental, yep. Danny Elfman yep. kind of thing. I just think licensed music would is a lot more modern. Like yeah. it works, it would work so much better to have.
1: And it's, and it's really overbearing in some parts. Sometimes the the orchestration comes up and you're like, man, turn it down a bit, guys. Yeah. Like it's, you're really,
0: you know, gilding the lily here. We don't need that yeah. music. Especially because it's like oboes and it's yeah. like French horns my, and all this.
1: My, my least favourite is, is it in the bits? And it's a, it's a bit, it's a bit Ghostbusters as well. I mean, it's a Harold Ramer's thing where, uh, do, 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 like this, you, you, you can go into a scene and you think, is it going to be scary? What's going to happen here? What's going on here? And all of a sudden the music is, a bit de- 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 yeah. and it's like, oh, comedy. Here we go. The music is broadcast. This is comedy scene. I don't, I hate that. Yeah. I hate that.
0: So yeah, that's age pretty badly. You don't yeah. really get that anymore. No, it's a no. very, of its time. It's
1: very nineties. Yeah. And
0: it works like it works in home alone really well. Yes, it exactly. Works at different times. Exactly. Yeah. It's just the, yeah. it It, 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 it doesn't age well to me. But you know that was the worst thing that I had. But you got the Weatherman
1: song at the opening, yeah. you know, the <laughs> opening credits. Come on, you know.
0: Oh my gosh, <laughs> that ages badly because it sounds like an eighties song. Oh, too. it's awful. Yeah. Uh, what have we got here? Who? What would be? Who would be the most offended? This is a hard one. Um, I think the probably most offensive thing that he does is the deception of pretending to be this person that he's not to yeah. sleep. With her essentially. Like he's not in love with her at that point. He's just trying to yeah. conqu it's a conquest
2: yeah. at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um. And
1: that's another part of my great personality tester. Mm. Right. I've shown this movie, and when this is a great and again, I'm gonna go really generalizations with men and women here, okay? When he seduces Nancy. Yeah. You know, which is great. You know, what high school did he go to? He, <laughs> you know, and then he sees her, Nancy? You know, he does the it's whole funny. thing there. It's very, very funny. And he convinces her and then fast forward to skip the entire day they're back in his room mm-hmm. in in the hotel and you know they're you know they're passionately kissing and then she's like and then he does the mistake and you realize there that he's got reader on his mind for the first time yeah he says reader you know and she's like wait wait i'm nancy and she's like hang on is this just a one night stand he's like No, oh, i love you yeah <laughs> i've always loved you I, I I might be too soon but i want to marry you you know impro. now there's two responses here you know there's the well there's the laugh of a normal human being. I should say there's a three responses. There's a laugh of a normal human being that's like, oh, man. There are some guys I've shown this movie to that are like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dog. Oh. And you're like, "What? what is going on? They're having too much of a response. They're yeah. like, this is great. Like, literally, like, I've used that line before, man. And then... <laughs> And then you've got I literally showed it to a um, I won't mention any names I usually I literally showed it to a group of pastors once okay. and an American pastor left the room laughing so hard because we were like, oh we know you're laughing because this is your out of your playbook man back when you're in, back when you're in high school in the states anyway um, but then you have women. You know, most most most, like I said, most people watch it and go, oh, you know, they get into they're laughing. But I've had women go, like that's when they're like, no, he's he's a bad man. Mm. He's he's playing on her emotions because you know, and it's real. That scene, there's so many scenes like this where it's a real personality shifter. You can see people really responsive, you know, responsive in that.
0: Yeah. So I guess who would be offended? People that don't like. Being lied to. Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> look, I guess, I guess in some, the, if, if, in the year twenty twenty, look, anything you watch back in the nineties, some of the sexual politics and the relational politics, yeah. excuse me, uh, are going to be a bit, you know, dated. dated. Yeah. He's a bit lecherous, you know. Sometimes feel in some of the scenes mm. that he has with uh, Reader, he's a little bit hanging on-y and kissy and everything like that. That sort of plays a bit like, whoa, buddy, slow it down. Um, Especially the,
0: after he screws it up and he goes back really eager yes. and he's kind of cracking.
1: Oh, that is my—that's one and of the best scenes. He's
0: just overplaying everything. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, that is my best. That's, when he's throwing the snowballs, like yeah. oh, come on, I get you kids up for adoption? And then he lay, falls down next to her. He gets closer and yeah. closer. That is hilarious. That's so creepy. Yeah. That's so creepy. <laughs> um, but when like and, and again, that's one of the scenes. You know, it could be a trigger thing for some people. But when they're in that room on that on that first perfect day where he's lied about everything. Mm um she says she basically says no i want to go we're going too fast too quick yeah. and he says no he literally says no you got to stay yeah. and that's a bit like in in our politics yeah, today yeah. we're like Ugh. now she's not screaming she's obviously staying there's definitely that dynamic there and that's and, and i think they play the scene out well because she does realize that hang on this is not genuine yeah. there is something going on so anyway there's that's that's sort of could yeah be offensive I mean, for he,
0: some. He's being portrayed as not villainous, but yeah. he's he's um, got room to improve at that point. Yeah. Obviously, we're seeing he's a flawed person and yeah. that he's doing the wrong thing. Yeah. It's pretty exactly. obvious. So exactly. it's not offensive to me at least. But yeah. that might be yeah something that people don't like. Does Groundhog Day pass the internet relevancy test? I think it passes the yeah. col- cultural relevancy Definitely. test. I
1: still – whenever I'm searching for a GIF, my internet relevancy test, immediately in my mind I go, if I'm searching for a GIF mm. in a chat program, if I type in something, what comes up? Yeah. And there is multiple things I'll type in and it's Bill Murray at a Groundhog Day.
0: What's literally, the go-to, like, clip that Well, literally,
1: up? I did one the other day when it was really cold in Geelong last week mm-hmm. and I got up early in the morning and someone sent me, like, said, oh, man, it's really – like, it's two degrees, what's going on? And I – search, you know, your Giphy, uh, you know, reply there. And I went freezing and it was a shot of Bill Murray in the snow, in that car accident scene where they're, they're stuck. And I was like, oh, there you go. Bill Murray, he's, he's still internet internet uh, relevant there, yeah. Groundhog Day.
0: Yeah, I've just typed it into Twitter and there's just a lot of deja vu type yes, ones. Like, yes. didn't we do this yesterday? Yep. Have you ever had deja vu? Yeah. That kind of thing. But yeah, yeah definitely. That's, I think it does. Definitely ticks the box for that. Okay. I can't think of any memes off the top of my head, but I'm sure there's no. a lot out there. I
1: mean, the fact the fact that they just spent a bajillion dollars on, Jeep just spent a bajillion dollars on an ad to bring back mm. Bill Murray, Stephen Tobolowsky to do an ad that everybody went, that's the best ad of the, mm. you know, type of thing. 20 something years later, after Harold Ramos' death, all that type of stuff, it's like, okay, this is still culturally relevant,
0: yeah, for sure. And it's, it's it seems like one of the box to check for the Super Bowl. Like, we've had the Macaulay Culkin yes. one last year, I think it was probably for the Super Bowl, yeah, doing Home Alone, yeah. Jerry and George had a diner scene a yep. couple of years ago, exactly. So, yeah, it's in some, some good company. Mm. How would smartphones and social media change Groundhog Day? I, I, um. I, you kind of have to throw in the internet with this. Yeah, one. I think that it would take him a lot longer to get bored. Yeah, true.
1: True. He could spend. He could. He could spend more time. There's more things available to him. But if you set up like that scene where he's in, where he gets the snow shovel to the head, mm. and he's on the phone, it,
0: the internet's out. Yeah,
1: you all. You all. It takes is look the 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 truck plowed through the little country town. All the lines going in and mm-hmm. out. There's no internet. There's no phones. There's no nothing. Yeah. Or we knock down a tower. Or we whatever. All it takes is one line of dialogue, and all of a sudden, you're right. Yeah, the smartphone <laughs> internet or problem
0: gone. Yeah. So, but if if there was social media and smartphones, I think yeah. he would still obviously have these social connections. He would still he would. If it was me, yeah. This is another thing that's yeah. great about this movie is you can go, what would I do? Yes, exactly. What would you do, DJ, if you were living the same day oh, over, no. and I, over again?
1: I, 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 I don't know. Like, like, like in the bowling alley scene, you know, <laughs> Gus and the other guy. Yeah, that's my life. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, yeah. I, look, you could. See, the problem is there's no way for him to bring any evidence. Mm. He can't record anything. He can't capture anything. He can't show. So he would have to, by the if he could find out news, if, if we had the internet, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say if your goal was to prove to everybody that you are living that same day. Now, the problem is doesn't really do anything no. because the next day you just reset yeah. but if you wanted to go down that pathway of I need to tell everybody that I'm living the same day again, you could first thing in the morning get on your social media and say today this is going to happen at 2 o'clock the Prime Minister is going to say this the President's going to do this you could have and, people, and if you could get some traction mm. people might fly in helicopters or whatever or something come in and go who are you yes I'm a freak I'm living the same day again problem being next day snap and that's that's the only other thing I would love to if I was doing this film again we needed to see and it's implied very heavily with the scene where she stays over and he resets that at 6 o'clock no matter where he is what he's doing
2: Mm.
1: he could be running down the street burning himself alive whatever he's doing at 6 o'clock in the morning he resets to that time yeah he comes out and that's one of the loosey-goosiness of the rules that we don't really get.
0: Yeah, they never show the clock going from 5.59. Well, it, it does.
1: You know, it, a couple of times you see it fall. But not but, where he where is. Where he's seen you know, it. Yeah, yeah he's, he's always just lying in bed. Yeah. So I think if we could have seen him, because straight away again my boys watching the film is like, why doesn't he stay up till six o'clock and run down the street and do this yeah. and do that and uh, just smash the clock or whatever? And I'm like, you could do all of that. <laughs> But at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. it's going to reset, and you're going to be in that bed. And I think that would have been nice to see.
0: Yeah, the only the only thing they did to kind of address that was he got arrested and he spent the night in a cell. Yeah, and that was where you go. Okay, it's not a magical bed or yes, something.
1: Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So that's implied. But it would have been it would have been fun to see you know to see that a bit more. Yeah, or here.
0: he's about to do something exciting and yeah. or maybe he's with a girl. And yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's, he does spend a lot of time like. Up at 4 a.m. And, and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, uh,
1: yeah. He uh, Obviously, he's done stuff where he stayed up all night mm. and then 6 o'clock wakes up, Yeah, you know. Now, the other thing about waking up, the other thing reliving that day every day, and again, I'm sure he worked it out, Yeah, but he didn't get to have a shower that day. Remember, he goes in and it's a cold shower. And, and so he relives the same day where he doesn't get to have... A shower. Now for me, I would be very upset about
0: <laughs> not being able to have a shower.
1: Especially on such a cold day. Anyway, that's another yeah.
0: another bit. If it was me, I would spend a lot of time on Netflix, that's for sure. Yeah. I'd probably read a lot more. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah that's that's it. And and, and you could in you could do you could read every book you've ever wanted to read. Mm. You could um you know, watch everything you've ever wanted to watch, you could study everything you've ever wanted to study. Uh and I think if you were really realizing that that is what you're you're doing, you would definitely do that. But the, here's the beauty of the film. This is why the film lasts forever. Is because Danny Rubin, one of the principles that he put into the into the script was the five stages of grief. Mm. This is we True, see yeah. we see the five stages of grief. We see uh, denial. He he doesn't believe what's going on. He wants to stop it. We see anger. He's angry at everybody, punches Ned, right? You see bargaining. He starts working everything out, lying and manipulating everybody. He then just gets depressed and wants to kill himself all the time because nothing's going to change. And yeah. then acceptance. This is my universe. I'm going to, I'm going to become virtuous in this universe. Mm-hmm. Now that's a big, you know, that's the only leap of... Um, you know, we we sort of we it's 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 a real hopeful view of humanity. It's a real Harold Harold Ramer's yeah. view of humanity that we're all inherently good, and 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 once we go through every other thing we could go through, we go, you know what? Let's be virtuous. Let's yes. help everybody in town. Um, and you know, I'm sure there are some awful people who will never exhaust robbing that truck taking the money and living the high life. You know what I mean? But we're hopeful that once you exhaust every other possible vice or sin, you're going to get to mm. a virtuous place.
0: Yep. The, the problem is we don't always have that many chances, do we? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly. Exactly. That's, a, that's And this is why, again, not to get philosophical on it, but you can. I mean, there's millions of books written out there. In the end, and you said, uh, Buddhists love this movie because it's the idea of re- repetition Indian a lot of Indian um uh you know guru based religions have have done the same sort of thing this idea of repeating one's life until you get it right uh you know purgatory catholics and stuff like that but when it comes to fundamental christians they're the only ones who've ever said well no this movie's no good this movie <laughs> <Our> is <people. laughs> Yeah exactly our exactly our people and again And when I say them, I mean 1%. 1%. Because in the end, Phil redeems himself. Mm -hmm. Or he is redeemed by Rita, right? Either way, you could argue that. But then we as Christians go, well, hang on, man, the whole point of Christianity is that we can't save ourselves. No other person down here can save us. Only God can redeem Mm. us. But obviously, this is a movie without the ground does, doesn't have those ground walls it's not set up in that universe so yeah you just have to go go with the ride
0: well we're talking now about could we make it in 2020 well, yes let's remake so, it i, I go I'm thinking the, in this yes. version he he actually reads the bible <laughs> and he reads that uh <laughs> no. that's the path to no <laughs>
1: that's that's the only that would make it really worse if he turns it into a christian version yeah. of the film where it takes
0: him 40 years and he finally reads it and yeah. then once he's read it he breaks out of the game. Oh man. Oh man.
1: Look, as much as I think that would for me, that would satisfy me, I know that would <laughs> yeah, probably would, be yeah. a really cheesy film. Listen, I think I think you could rate, remake this film. Mm. I know everyone goes you would never remake such a perfect film as 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 this, but I do think there's so much opportunity to remake this film. Well it Te- happens
0: all the time. So let's just yes. you know
1: let's just do it. Technically <laughs> Um, one of the things that, you know, we used to do when we had it on VHS and we would watch it and watch it again is to go, oh, look, in that scene when Ned walks in, that girl's drinking a cup of coffee but she's not in the repetition. You know, there's all of that stuff. Right. All of that stuff solved with digital backgrounds and everything now. You literally could have the exact – and again, the idea of having a special effect or a Zoom cut or a, you know, multiple day thing – where the exact same thing is happening around him and he's trying different things, special effects-wise would be awesome. You really could convey a big part of this story and the meaning of the story is that no matter what he does, everything is going to happen around him the same, right? I think think digital technology, we've got the ability to show that.
0: Not just that, but there's so many tricks with editing now that would make it so much more interesting to watch you yes. could do split screens yes you could do yep. you know different views of yes. things i think that would be really clever
1: you could do all of that type of stuff i think there's a, without it without going crazy and saying oh look i'm gonna you know turn it into some sort of mtv music yeah. video <laughs> if there is ways to be able to and this is the only thing i would say about this film is that visually it's not telling the story the story is telling the story. We're hearing, we're hearing it, and we're seeing it. But visually, filmmaking-wise, he's not doing any tricks or anything to progress the story. And yeah. I think digitally, we could do that these days without going over the top. Send all your hate mail to John o, not to me. <laughs> um, but I would, lo- I would love to see it updated. With, like I said, one of my biggest problems is that he's not. Mean enough at the start He's not snarky enough Mm. He's not And I think The perfect person If I was going to make it today he's Just getting onto the stage Where he's a bit too old um, But we can Dye his beard He's just turned 50 Is Zach Galifidakis Because Zach plays Obnoxious to people
0: In between two ferns
1: Perfectly. Yeah. I mean, it does. It just don't. He doesn't have to be an idiot. Like between two third ferns, <laughs> he could still play that obnoxious, but be smart and yeah. clever and everything else. But also, when when he's playing sweet, he is genuinely a sweet person mm. that comes out. I'd love to see get Zach in that
0: role. What about Robert Downey Jr.? Too old. Too Way old. too old. Okay. How old the, is he? Oh,
1: Robert Downey Jr. He's—I don't know—he's in his fifties, isn't he? See, that's a thing. I know, ageist, DJ. I, I know. I'm, I'm being ageist. i get a bit funny with these. Could you redo it? Because I look at how old Bill Murray was. He was forty-two. Mm. Uh, at, at, at you know at, at the filming of this. Okay, who's forty-two now? Like actors in that same sort of ju- Bill Hader.
0: Yeah. That would be Hader. You mean? Yeah, yeah,
1: sorry, Bill Hader. Are you think of John Hader, like the yeah, I'm Napoleon getting the t- oh, yeah. Guy, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm getting the two of them confused. <laughs> I, I was thinking, Hader. like, is he talking about Napoleon?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bill Hader. Yeah. Bill Hader,
1: I always, I always pronounce his last name wrong. What
0: about Seth Rogen? I think he would be good. He had a really good connection with uh, with Harold Ramis as well. Yes, there is definitely. definitely and he, like, There's parts of, like, Knocked Up or wherever where he's playing a really mean, like he's really mean to his um, love interest yeah. and he's kind of biting and he's got that kind of sense about him.
1: Uh, yeah, he could. I'm not a big Seth fan. The other person to really throw a bit of a twenty twenty, um do the twenty twenty, you've got to change the race thing, right? You know, you've got to make it more progressive. We can't just put another yeah, white right. man in it. Jordan Peel could do it perfectly. Yeah, Jordan Peel can play mean really well and snot and slingo and he can he I think he's got the acting chops to go through that, you know, through that thing. I think Jordan Peel could do it really, mm. really, really well. Um, as far as the girls Don if, Cheadle as well yeah he's too, he's too, <laughs> he's too again, old he's too old he's too old um, but you need someone I do think it's and I don't find Annie McDowell that you know gloriously beautiful she's definitely not, she was the height of 90s beauty she was
0: very 90s especially with that vest
1: the vest the big hair the curly yeah. hair uh, you know definitely got that Amy Grant vibe happening there that same sort of look but there's a there's an actress there's an Australian actress who's Peruvian born She's in like Dynasty and all these other American uh, shows. Her name is Natalie Kelly and she's gorgeous. And I think part of the story is that as Phil is watching her, he just falls in love with her because she's so beautiful. She's got to have that, you know, sort of that, I hate to say this, got to have that outward and inner beauty thing going on. Mm -hmm. And I think they conveyed that, especially allowing Annie McDowell to have her natural southern accent in the role gave her that charm, and I think you could do the same thing with someone like uh, like a Natalie Kelly, where she's got the Australian accent. I think she's stone cold beautiful, and uh, she's a great actress. So. Sounds like you got a bit of a crush. There, oh, you know. you. come on, come on. Uh, there's also you know Scarlett Johansson <laughs> yeah. is is would be up there. I think she would be. She can be funny. She's proven yeah. that she can do funny. Yeah, getting back to the question, I think you you could make it. I think we should make it again. I think you could update the filmmaking style plus you could give a little bit more of the rules Mm. not as in oh which cast a spell on me or i've got a magic button or any of that stuff but him going all right i'm gonna try killing myself this way i'm gonna kill myself that way i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that like trying to work out if i do go here is it boundary like or you could do a really fast thing of him trying different things
0: seeing how far he can drive exactly
1: and at at six o'clock every morning i think you could also convey he's been there for a long time we don't you sort of miss that a little bit in this in this one it's implied but Mm. i think you could show a little bit more that he's been been in there for a long time yeah plus one last thing and i think this might this is a really controversial thing they don't really go down the darkness that he would probably go
0: down, of committing crimes,
1: of committing crimes, of blowing up the town, of murdering everybody, <laughs> murdering whatever. Ned Ryerson. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Cool. And again, I'd hate to admit this in my darkest of darkness hearts, but we, yes, it's it's that Harold Ramos view of humanity that he's going to try to kill himself a few times, spend a little bit of money on a cowboy suit. And a hooker, and that's he's worked out all the issues. And snap out of it! And snap yeah. out of it! No, I think that most most people these days would go right. I'm if you, I'm going to break bad.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and I'm really going to break bad. Yeah, and where's you know, the where's the cocaine? Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> where's <laughs> what, the heroin? What can I kill? You know, like yeah. what can I do? What you know? How bad can I get? Um, is that going to break the the spell of it type of thing? But if you go down that road, you don't want to make him unforgivable you know, type of thing. Mm. So that's the, that would be the trick in trying to do it again.
0: Sure. All right. Uh, we'll go into the Steve Buscemi Spark Plug Award. <laughs> Steve Buscemi. A real spark plug. I think the only real contender is Stephen Tobolowsky. You might have some others there, but how yeah. can you go past him?
1: Oh Yeah, I, you can't. Stephen Steven wins it, but I, but I would I would throw in there. Um, his name is Rick. I've remembered his name now. I've got it written down here. Rick Dukamon. Is Gus right? Is the he's fat, funny. is the yeah. fat drunk in there? And I think he, um, I, I wish he was in there more because he's behind Rita in the diner in all of the dynasties. The two, the, you know, the two drunks, the two, yeah. you know, the two hillbillies, uh, both actors are named Rick. Rick and Rick are sitting there. Uh, in in that scene, every every now and then they turn around. You know, this is the Gus character, who's the drunk, who's also do you know this guy? Yeah, he 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 shouldn't have dropped out of the navy. I could have been on half a pension at twenty. Yes. You know that all that times. There's something. There's a charm about him that I really like, and I wish he was in the story more. Sure, but he would be another slight contender for me.
0: I like uh, Buster. I called him Buddy before, but Buster played by Brian Doyle Murray. So that's yeah. that's. Bill Murray's brother, you say? Yes, that's his older brother. Bill, Where's Bill, the Doyle come from? Different parents? Or there was what?
1: another Brian Murray who was okay, an actor. Sure. So Brian Murray, when he started in the 70s, put the Doyle in there, which is his grandma, his, his mother's maiden name or whatever. Bill and Brian Murray, the, they have seven other siblings. There was a family of nine. Mm. Four there's another two Murrays that are actors as well. And another couple who've gone into writing and producing yeah. and stuff like that. So the Murray family, all of those massive siblings They're doing well. Uh are in, involved in the in the film world.
0: I love his voice. He's <laughs> he sounds nothing like Bill Murray. Yeah. But he's got that gravelly kind of And again,
1: he has been in every animated series you've ever seen. He's yeah. played a character I, in I,
0: it. I, 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 I want to know what now because when I heard SpongeBob, him SpongeBob like, he's in SpongeBob yeah, I a could lot just recognize Yeah, him. he's
1: in a couple of things. The other the other going down the road of bit, of bit characters and we've got to bring in this connection because it's always deserved is uh the lady who plays Nancy mm. the actress who plays Nancy who's retired out of acting ages ago not long after that she played uh in one episode one of Jerry's girlfriends in Seinfeld uh, she plays. Everybody
0: that worked in the '90s did that.
1: <laughs> exactly. That needs to be another question on yeah. your on your question. The, the Seinfeld connection is yeah. there a Seinfeld connection? Um, the uh, she plays. If you remember the episode, Jerry is going out with Margaret. Newman comes in and Newman oh, she and, dated him. She dated yeah, him okay. and and Newman. She wasn't pretty enough for Newman, yeah. and Jerry has to break up with her. <laughs> That's the same actress there. There you go. Yeah. All
0: right. Very good. Well, we'll give that to Stephen Tobolowsky. <laughs> Congratulations. Last question: Is Groundhog Day still a good movie?
1: It's an amazing movie. It's an amazing film. I I, I, I literally would rate it ninety percent. You know, it's it's a it's a it, it belongs in the annals of history. Of mm. this is
0: a really great piece of art. It is in the AFI 100. Yep. you know, so it's.
1: It's been it's been put in the Smithsonian. It's done all those all those different film things from that you know we put them into a museum. They've got a copy of 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 Groundhog Day has been submitted to a to a lot of them. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think it's such a great movie. Obviously, still, but with the lockdown that we've just been in, yeah, people can relate to it more than ever. You wake yeah. up like like Gus says in the movie, like that is like they're living Groundhog Day in this yeah. small town where everything's the same. Yeah. But you know, you get out of bed you work from home, yeah. you have dinner that you cook in your house and then you go back to, you know, you might watch TV then you go to bed and you wake up and yeah. it's the same thing and you can't leave the house. I think a lot of people uh, can relate to, to this movie. And There's, that's probably why it's been like, I've noticed like the rewatchables, which is a great um, podcast similar to this one, has just done a Groundhog Day Oh, episode. really? Okay, I was, I I was planning it before that came out. I was like, damn, well, at least I can listen to it. Uh, and then like there was an article on, I think the, uh, uh the atlantic or something where they talked about the connection between quarantines and and the movie too so i have i've, the I've seen a few yeah just...
1: i've seen a few of uh uh memes uh you know headlines mm. articles that have been out there saying exactly you know we're living in groundhog day you know around this so it is definitely it's it's a, a great opportunity to watch the film if you've never seen it before man you can buy it for I think four dollars off Apple if you if you're in the Apple universe. Not yeah. rent it. I think you can buy it HD, all rejigged 4K version mm. on Apple. There. I hope uh, no one
0: listened to this before watching it. <laughs> good would, lord, that would be a weird no, way to spend no. your time. <laughs>
1: Please, oh, the last thing you need to do now. Yeah, so
0: t- you can show other people. Yeah, I guess is what we can we can say. But. And, I,
1: and I, I think it's a again. I really do think it's a great date movie. I, I do think this film is is a wonderful thing of how to get to know people. If people have never seen it before and you show it to them, to see their responses and what they think and the morals they take away of it is a really interesting yeah. discussion.
0: It's funny you say that. Like Hannah didn't like it to start with. She yeah. thought he was really mean and he's a jerk. and yeah. great. And then she thought some of the humour was like over the top. Like he, yeah. why, why does he keep stepping in the puddle? Like <laughs> I'm like, you know, you get caught up, you forget about it. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, by the end of it, she was like, "Yeah, it wasn't. It was. It was good. Yeah, it good. Was, it was good. Like it's it, good. Like she, she's someone, and like a lot of young people find it hard to go back to th- at that era, that aesthetic, and that yeah, that aesthetic yeah. and yeah. the SD and w- everything. Yeah. But it's. I think she wouldn't normally sit through something that's that old and yeah. enjoy it at the end. So. But she watched
1: it all the way, all the way through. Yeah,
0: like, she couldn't watch Wayne's World. You know, really." She, like, Things like that. Wow. Yeah, okay. She got through it. Hey, so. that,
1: that, look, this is a whole new segment for the podcast. Hannah's she, stamp of approval. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I usually mention it. It's, it's, it's
0: often like she, she gets halfway through it and then she goes to bed or something. Yeah. But yeah.
1: Look, I, I I think it's a wonderful film. I think it's a it, it could enter into so many great discussions mm. about human psychology, the human condition what we think of ourselves as humans, plus you've got that beautiful meta layer underneath it of the five stages of accepting grief. You know, like we mentioned before, you know, going through from bargaining to, you know, anger to bloody, bloody, blah, 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 to acceptance, that meta layer underneath it, this is a wonderful, not painful way mm. to learn those, you know, those things, you know, type of things. So yeah, it's it's really, really good.
0: Very good. All right. Well, let us know what you think of the movie. You can catch DJ on social media medias where?
1: P A I N E. My last name is Payne with an E on the end, not Y. Just normal Pain with an E on the end. DJ Payne. Just Google search that. I'm on everything. Yeah. Instagram's good. my weapon of choice at the
0: moment. He's even on social medias that you've never heard of. Yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> TikTok now. Okay. No, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You can catch me at Jono himself on all socials. And, of course, you can leave those ratings and reviews on your Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, wherever you get your podcast apps to let us know how much you love the show that is Comedy Rewind. If you really want to support us, you can hit up the 8-Bit Patreon, patreon.com slash we are... Yeah, we are 8-Bit, A-T-E. Well worth it. B-I-T. Well worth it. Do it. it. Put some coins in our pockets. Put some smiles on our faces. Uh, Thank you for joining us on Comedy Rewind. Until next time, be kind.